Hello everyone and welcome back to Hungry for History. I'm still doing creepy history episodes for the month of October, and today I've been asked to talk about serial killers. Now, this is not a true crime podcast, but I take your requests very seriously, and it is a history podcast, so I want to bring up some serial killers from a long time ago who you may not have heard of. I'm sure there are tons of historical serial killers we don't know about, because a lot of records from rural areas haven't really been preserved. But there were also a few serial killers among the nobility in Europe, and them we remember. Kings and queens and their cousins can be serial killers too. The most prolific female serial killer in history was actually a countess named Elizabeth Bathory, who lived in Hungary from 1560 to 1614. Now, the Bathory family was really powerful. Elizabeth herself was the niece of the King of Poland, whose name was Stephen Bathory. The Bathory family also was kind of known for having a lot of sadistic, crazy individuals. And this was probably because, like many of the other noble families I've brought up in this podcast, they engaged in a good old-fashioned amount of inbreeding. Elizabeth's mother was a noble named Anna Bathory, and her father was a noble named George Bathory, so already intermarriage just from the same family. Elizabeth herself was sadistic from a very young age. It's possible that her obsession and fascination with blood began because in her childhood, she had seizures. Back in this time, in the 16th century, a common treatment for seizures was to smear the blood of a healthy person on the lip of somebody who was affected with epilepsy. It was believed that this would help purge the seizing person of unclean humors of the body. So growing up, Elizabeth had blood smeared on her lips a lot. So it's not really that surprising that she grew up to be obsessed with blood. What also didn't help is that she married a guy who was just about as cruel and evil as she was. His name was Ferenc Nadazdi, and while he wasn't necessarily a serial killer, it's probably likely that he knew what his wife got up to. Ferenc's family, the Nadazdi family, was also wealthy and influential in Hungary at the time, but not quite as much as Elizabeth's family, so he actually took her name. And then after that, he wasn't around very much. Ferenc was away on trips almost all the time because he rose to be a commander in the Hungarian army. And on his trips away, Elizabeth and four of her servants got up to some pretty nasty stuff. Between 1590 and 1610, Elizabeth and her servants tortured and killed hundreds of girls and young women. It's said that Elizabeth believed in a myth where bathing in the blood of a young virgin would help keep her skin pure and white and keep her looking young. So really, this serial killing was mostly a cosmetology treatment. She would kill a victim and then drain their blood into a bathtub and then bathe in it. Also, I do think she really just enjoyed killing and torturing people. That was her idea of a good old-fashioned weekend of fun. When her husband was away, Elizabeth would entice girls from local villages to come work at the palace, usually as maids or other kinds of servants. This was a great deal for poor families, to whom daughters were fairly useless, to have their children sent away into servitude. That way, poor families had fewer mouths to feed and knew that their daughters were safe and also wouldn't have to pay a dowry when their daughters were married. 
However, if you sent your daughter to Elizabeth Bathory's castle, she would very likely not live very long. The problem with killing servant girls is that you can only kill each one once, and rural localities in Hungary were fairly small. Elizabeth pretty quickly ran out of a supply of killable people in local villages and had to look a little bit further. In 1604, her husband, Ferenc, dropped dead of a mysterious illness in the middle of a battle. He was riding off to war with the Ottomans, suddenly complained of not feeling well, and just keeled out in the middle of a battle and died. And after that, Elizabeth really ramped it up. Eventually, hundreds of missing girls, even poor girls, can't go unnoticed. Also, local gentry who were not nearly as wealthy or influential as the Bathory family had sent their daughters, their young daughters, to Elizabeth's castle so that they could learn courtly etiquette. These girls also became victims of Elizabeth when I guess eventually she got desperate enough to start killing wealthier people, and their deaths and disappearances definitely did not go unnoticed. Eventually, the Lutheran Church sponsored an investigation into Elizabeth's crimes and found that as many as 650 people might have been her victims. There was a trial, mostly of her servants. The servants who helped her were all punished in pretty excruciating ways. Two had their fingers torn off with hot pincers, then they were burned to death. One, who was younger and judged to be a little less complicit, was beheaded. Elizabeth basically got off scot-free. You know, killing 650 people doesn't mean that much if you are the niece of the king of Hungary. She was basically put under house arrest, so she did not leave the castle that she lived in for the rest of her life. But since she was still rich and attended by servants, even though she couldn't kill anymore, she probably enjoyed a pretty comfortable life. Now, the local people weren't as ready to ignore the fact that she was a sadistic serial killer as her family was. When Elizabeth died in 1614, she was buried in a marked grave in the local cemetery, the cemetery that had been attached to her castle, and villagers from the local towns, and even some farther away, came to visit her grave so that they could pee on it, or otherwise deface it in some way. And this was as much of a big scandal to the very religious Bathory family as the fact that she'd been a serial killer in the first place was. So eventually, her family was forced to move her from that marked grave in the local cemetery, miles and miles away, to some other Bathory family plot where she is buried in an unmarked grave. And to this day, we don't know exactly where she is. Elizabeth has been called the Blood Countess. That's her fun little serial killer moniker. And some people think she may have inspired the tale of Dracula. Bram Stoker never mentioned her directly in his novel, but there are a lot of similarities between the Vampire Count and the Blood Countess. Elizabeth isn't the only member of the gentry to be a serial killer. If we go back another hundred years, we'll find Guy de Ray, who was a baron and knight who lived in the French territories of Brittany, Anjou, and Poitou from 1405 to 1440. So if you do the math quickly, he didn't live very long. That's not a long life. He was only 35 when he died. But in that short life, he managed to murder hundreds of children. Now, Guy de Ray, and if you want to know how to spell that, you're going to need to go to my website, also, like Elizabeth, had the help of two servants. Now, a note about these servants who helped these noble serial killers. 
It seems that they weren't especially bothered by the fact that they were being forced to commit horrific atrocities every day, so we can guess that there is some measure of sadistic tendencies in the servants as well. But they probably didn't have much of a choice. If you are a high-ranking servant in the household of an aristocrat, and that aristocrat commands you to do something that knowledge of could mean your death, you basically have to do it, or you'll just be killed. So these two servants, Poitou and Henriet, helped Guy de Ray kill hundreds of children. He obtained them similarly from local villages as page boys or squires for his castle, and then killed them. The details of his murders are better preserved than those of Elizabeth, which make them a lot grosser, so you can look those up on your own time. Suffice it to say that after Guy de Ray killed children, he had his servants burn their bodies in the fireplace in his bedroom. He wasn't only into murder. He was also into the occult and practiced some dark magic. He wasn't very good at it. He tried to summon demons, but eventually gave up when that didn't work, and after that just did murder. He also spent a ton of money. Guy de Ray was incredible at wasting money and borrowing much more than he could afford. He basically bankrupted himself. Part of this was money that he used to acquire his victims. He would lure potential victims by promising them a nice handmade tailored coat or something like that. He also threw a lot of parties, and to finance all this stuff, he had to borrow heavily from the other local lords. So when parents brought up their missing children and people started to do the math and add up all the numbers of all the boys that had gone missing in his castle, a lot of the local lords who were his neighbors didn't protect him, even though he was a member of their aristocratic class, probably because he owed them so much money. Now, his debts are not the direct cause of his arrest. That was that, for some reason, in May 1440, he decided to kidnap a priest. He literally stole a cleric and took him to the castle and held him hostage and somehow thought the church wouldn't be bothered by that. So the church started an investigation and got the Bishop of Nantes to look into Guy de Ray and all of his horrible pastimes. At the trial, Guy de Ray confessed and his servants confessed under torture to between 100 and 200 victims, primarily male, aged 6 to 18. It has been suggested by some historians that the actual number of victims is up to 600 people, but I think a number closer to 200 is more likely. After the trial, Henriet and Poitou were executed by being hanged and then burned, and actually Guy de Ray was executed too. Hungary and France were two different places, this was two different centuries, and Guy de Ray was male and also in a lot of debt. There was a lot less sympathy for his condition, and he was also just in a less powerful position than Elizabeth. He ranked a little lower in the sort of realm of nobility. So Guy de Ray was actually executed too, also by hanging and burning, but because he was a noble, he was still buried in a fancy church graveyard in Nantes. The story of Guy de Ray probably inspired the fairy tale about Bluebeard. Really, it's more of a fairy nightmare. I'll link to it on my website, but the story of Bluebeard is that of a scary French man who looks a lot like Guy de Ray, who murdered a bunch of his wives over the course of his lifetime. 
Gidugai in practice did not kill adult women, but Bluebeard looks a lot like him in most drawings. Now, I have to mention that there are some historians who don't think that Gidugai or Elizabeth Bathory were actually serial killers. People love to think that these kinds of things are conspiracies and smear campaigns designed to weaken powerful nobles, but really in these cases, I don't think that's likely. The Catholic Church has been suggested as the primary likely conspirator to slander Guy de Rey and Elizabeth Bathory with these accusations of serial killers. But Elizabeth was investigated by Lutherans, and Guy de Rey confessed freely without any sort of torture. There's also a lot of evidence that they were serial killers. Their servants in both cases testified in great detail. Now, these confessions were obtained under torture, but the level of detail that they included suggests that they were true. Other witnesses from their castles have come forward, and really what you can't ignore is that there were so many disappearances in the local villages around the castles of Guiderey and Elizabeth Bathory. I think both of them really were serial killers. On that bright note, that's all for today. As always, head to my website for pictures and more information, And I'll see you back next time for one of my absolute favorite stories, the tale of Rasputin and the death of the Romanov family in Russia.